0: Blog
1: Talk Radio Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters with your host Betty Joe Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com.
2: Fans out there, this is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to our show. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today because one of our favorite film critics, Mac Bates, is here to talk with us about Meryl Streep, her films and performances. You know, Mac is a very popular guest here on Movie Addict Headquarters, and we're so happy he agreed to visit again today. He's written freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and serves as a staff blogger for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. He also received a local Emmy for his work on The Robert and Rosie Show and has earned many other honors for his journalistic skills. So it's my great pleasure to bring him on now. Welcome back to Movie Addict Headquarters, Mac. Thank you so much,
1: Reddy Joe, for having me. It's great to be back.
2: Well, it's always a treat to have you with us. And I was pretty sure you'd be interested in talking about Meryl Streep. You know, she's practically all I've been thinking about after seeing her amazing rock and roll performance in Ricky and the Flash. And, uh, I, of course, I will uh, share some excerpts from my review a little bit later in the show. But first, let's talk a little in general about Meryl, Meryl Streep's acting. Um I know, uh, and you know, that she's considered by many to be the greatest contemporary film actress. She's received three Oscars and 19, count them, 19 Academy Award nominations, for gosh sakes. And <laughs> although her Oscars are for the Iron Lady, Sophie's Choice, and Kramer vs. Kramer I think some of her most popular performances can be seen in you know, much lighter fare, which is what I prefer, as you know. <laughs> the Devil Wears yeah. Prada, It's Complicated, Mamma Mia, and films like that. So what I'm curious to find out, Mac, is what was the first movie you saw Meryl Streep in, and what was your reaction?
1: You know what that was such a great question. Uh, I was so happy uh, when you uh told me you were going to ask me about it. I had to really think about it too because it wasn't so, I th- I thought I just knew. And I thought, no, actually that wasn't the case. That wasn't the first movie. No, that wasn't the first movie. I went over about six films all of all of which came out in the 90s which I thought were were the first films I saw her in. Uh, actually, the very first movie I can clearly remember seeing her in dates back to the late 80s and it was a movie called A Cry in the Dark. Which is also known as Evil, oh. <laughs> evil Angels, excuse me. Uh, and it's, uh, it actually is the, uh, it tells the true life story of uh, an Australian couple whose daughter was um, uh, kidnapped uh, when they were on vacation on the bush out in, in the wilds of uh, the Outback in Australia by a wild dingo.
2: Dingo you know, um, got your baby. Oh yes, yes I yes, forgot yeah, about the that. the
1: movie, the movie that uh, you know, that line has uh, you know really uh, kind of uh, taken on a life of its own. From where she saying, you know, Dingo stole my baby, and um, yeah, that was the very first Meryl Streep film I can clearly remember seeing, and it was on. I saw it on HBO one random uh, day. Probably was around the time it debuted. Probably in I would imagine sometime in 1989 because the movie came out in '88, and I remember watching it, and I was just blown away. By and by that point, I knew who Meryl Streep was, but I had never seen any of her work. And if I had, it was like you know, snippets here and there. wasn't anything I, you know, wasn't uh, her work was really more for adults at that point. And obviously that, mm-hmm. even though the movie was, but I think PG PG thirteen, it was more geared towards adults. So it was, that was really my first exposure to her. And I was I was blown away by uh, what I saw because I knew she was American, but she played a uh, Australian rather convincingly, at least you know to my ears anyway. And um, she looked the part because i have seen pictures of the woman. Um, I was familiar with the case, and um, it was it was you know I was I was highly impressed. I thought, wow, you know that's that's what all the fuss is about, okay? Because so, <laughs> she didn't sound like herself, she didn't look like herself. She immersed herself in that character, and she was you know she was magnificent in that in that film, and it's unfortunate that uh you know that one line that she she said in it really come has come to um define that film because I think they were aiming to um give give that couple a fair shake. And it's mm-hmm. ironic that um uh it took over thirty years for the Australian government to exonerate them, particularly her. Oh. They, she was only exonerated last year. You know, and that really? happened like, in the early eighties. So yeah it was a that was a trip. But um yeah she like I said she was magnificent in it and I thought she she did a, a, a fine job.
2: Well, you were a fan of Meryl Streep's then, from the very first time you saw her.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was impressed by you know um, her. Uh, she obviously she knew what she was doing, and you know my twelve year old self was like, wow, okay, there's something there. <laughs> you know when I saw it, I <laughs> well, just, oh, yeah.
2: Well, I had a, a very different experience <laughs> than you did, Mac.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: saw her with uh, first with Alan Alda in uh the seduction of Joe Tynan oh, way back in nineteen seventy nine and uh i hate I hate to admit this, but I didn't think she'd be making many movies after that one <laughs> <laughs> so much so much for my uh powers of prediction because look at she what is she she's the uh, she's the the uh at the top now and uh, the actress with the most Nomina- well, actor with the most Academy Award nominations. She surpassed uh, Catherine Catherine Hepburn, and uh, she just won about every award I think that there's possible to win, and she just keeps her. on going. But so my my question to you is, uh, why do you think that she's earned so many accolades and so many Oscar nominations? What what do you think? Uh, how how do you think she's made that happen?
1: You know, the interesting about Streep is, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Seduction of Joe Tynan, that came out in 1979, and that was really her kind of like breakthrough year. That was also the year Kramer versus Kramer came out, and that was also the year um, and Manhattan came out, so she was in three huge films that year, you know, yeah. that she played you know, completely different characters. And, uh, you know, Kramer versus Kramer was the first film she uh, won an Oscar for. It was her second nomination. She had been nominated previously, I believe it was in 78 or 79. No, 77 or 78, uh, eight rather, for The Deer Hunter. And so that was her second nomination, first win. And she was up against her co-star in that film, Jane Alexander. Um, mm-hmm. I think Meryl Streep, I think what sets her apart from a lot of her contemporaries is that she has a very chameleon-like um um sense about her she did mm-hmm. she looks different she sounds different you know the the accents i know she's taken a lot of heat for that over the years and unjustifiably so because you know if you can do it why not you know if, if i could um access all those different accents and play all those different characters i would too you know it it makes it makes perfect sense that she would use everything that she was um um taught during her you know time in 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 school and she was she's a trained theater actor you know, and I think yeah. she brings a a, a, a character, uh, actor sensibility to every role that she plays, and that she is really a leading lady by the, by by mistake. It was like the talent was so immense, and you know that people she couldn't be she just could not be denied. She was a star when she was in um, at the Yale School of Drama. They cast her and everything, and justifiably so. She was you know they at the time like Sigourney Weaver was a classmate of hers. There were there are tons of people who were there who have gone on to great success themselves. But Meryl, she just had that it, that it factor, you know. And every so often, maybe a couple times in a generation, there are certain actors that just have it, certain artists that just have it, and she clearly has it. And you know, um, uh, women uh, love her, guys love her. You know, it's just her appeal crosses so many different divides that um, you know it, she just she, she can't be she can't be ignored. And it's kind of funny that. Um, she ever thought that her career was going to, you know, come to an end. And she did. You know, around the time she was 40 years old, she actually had a serious conversation with her husband. Well, you know, what are we going to do? And he, you know, they really didn't know what they were going to do and, you know, uh, just kept chugging along. So um, I think I think a lot, of, a lot of her appeal and the reason she, why she keeps being nominated is because so many people like her from so many different, you know, um, aspects of, of, you know, of society. And, you know, she's just that good. You know, if you're that good and you're that consistent and you can bring so much to every different role that you play, why not be nominated? You know, far better to be nominated and and be a bridesmaid than to not be nominated always and, and, you know, never be appreciated. So if I had to pick and choose... Where I was constantly nominated and rarely won versus never being nominated, I would, I would rather go the constantly nominated and rarely win round. Right? <laughs> Just like she that's has, right. and, I, that's, yeah. I,
2: I like the, I like the way you think, and I I think you're right. Uh, she she is such a perfectionist in preparing mm. for her her roles, and then you mentioned her ma- uh, ability to master any accent and that versatility. I mean, drama, comedy, yes. musicals. She's conquered them all, and um, but. Uh, you're you're gonna love this, I think, Mac. Um, mm-hmm. the, there's a comedy band that I just heard of, and I'm so happy that I did. Called Afterbirth Monkey, <laughs> um, and they have a whole other idea, a whole a whole other analysis as to what accounts for uh, Streep's incredible acting success.
3: Okay. And
2: thanks to Afterbirth Monkey. Uh, I've been dealing with uh Nancy Lombardo and uh with uh, uh with Mark Turner and uh we got permission to play this musical analysis right now. So so listen carefully and uh, you will find out what afterbirth Monkey thinks is the reason for Merrill's uh incredible success.
0: Meryl Streep is from the future She has traveled back in time She comes from a land where stars shine brighter Like Meryl shines in yours and mine Back in the future where Meryl's from She's just an acting acting average show But now that Meryl's here There are no acting heights to which she can't go Oh Meryl Streep, you but in the future we you're from, you're just like everybody else So you turn back to be among us ordinary people Oh Meryl Streep, we love you because you shine, shine, shine Back in the future when Meryl was in high school When she couldn't get into her drama club She flew <laughs> to the physics lab with fervor And snapped upon her rubber gloves You're Using, using lots, lots of scientific, scientific physics, physics, magic, Meryl, crafted the hands of time And, and she fell into, into a wormhole and, and now she's doing fine Oh Meryl Streep, you are a goddess of me but in the future we're from, you're just like everybody else So you turn not time to be among us ordinary mortals On Meryl Streep, we love you because you shine, shine, shine Everybody, listen up! Listen up! And remember to give Meryl all of the awards, the accreditations, the roles, the paychecks. Accreditations! Because if she is in the slightest bit displeased, she will once again rip back the fabric of space and time, time. to the very time. beginnings of humanity when we climbed out of the primordial ooze. Ooh. And she will nearly dip in one big. Fucking toe. Big toe. Making us all a little bit marrow, and then she will become supreme overlord of us all ah! Ah! Oh Marrow. Shine, shine, shine Oh, Meryl Streep, we love you Because you shine, shine
1: maybe Meryl
2: Streep is from the future. What do you think about that
1: <laughs> That's the first time I've ever heard that song that that was a trip that was definitely a trip. I agree with uh you know the sentiment behind it uh, you know she is uh she's definitely one of a kind and um. Yeah, you know, uh, they they broke the mold. They broke the mold uh, when she came on the scene. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you. I
2: knew you'd enjoy that. And thanks Thank so much, to Afterbirth Monkey. Yes, yes, Nancy that was really Lombardo, blog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As well as to Richard B. Smart and Danny Dyer, they helped with the technical. You know, I'm technologically challenged, but uh, I have these helpers. They're wonderful helpers. Uh, Helping us, you know, make sure that we we got the song and we got it on the switchboard and all of that, and I <laughs> I really really appreciate it, and I, I want to hear more from Afterbirth Monkey, but but back now to to Meryl Streep, uh, she's here. Uh, we're so lucky to have her in our time. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes, we could get to see her <laughs> and uh you've talked a lot about uh why she's won all of these all these awards and um why what is the one thing that impresses you the most about Meryl Streep's performances
1: you know it's just the range she's got this amazing range she's one of the few people who could play uh you know very uh downtrodden and then also go on to play somebody, you know, uh, like old school money. You know, she she could just play the the range of character that is it's very, it's very impressive, that you know, the, the her range. I mean, in Angels of America, for example, this uh, amazing HBO film she did with the late great mm-hmm. Mike Nichols. She played a man at one point, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, what can't she do? It's crazy. You know, she played about four or five different characters in that movie, and... It was I, I was I was I was floored. I was absolutely floored. It was like watching somebody in in stock, you know, playing a, a variety of different characters over over the course of you know, uh, uh, you know, two or three months. You know, like you know, this week I'm playing um, Desdemona. Next week I'm playing Hamlet. You know, the week after that I'm playing um, you know, um, uh, Bernice or whatever. It's crazy. You know that uh, the the range and and, and the 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 um, depths. Of uh, emotion and and, and and talent that she has, and uh, something that uh, not a lot of people probably know about uh, Meryl Streep is years ago, she was on this uh, special, uh, this uh, Siskel and Iber special, and she was interviewed by uh, Gene Siskel, and oh. uh, she actually admitted to something that I had never heard of before. It's a as a uh, act, acting technique. I'm fairly sure, I mean, number of actors do it, but this is something that she was the first person I ever heard cop to it. He uh, got her to uh, speak about this technique that she has where um, she comes up with a secret or a series of secrets for every character that she plays. And she doesn't tell anybody. Oh. She doesn't tell her co-stars. She doesn't tell the director. She doesn't tell anybody You know, while she's playing the character. And in all this time, uh, she's only shared, to the best of my knowledge, uh, a secret about one of the characters that she's played. And that was uh, Joanna Kramer. In Kramer versus Kramer, she said mm-hmm. that she had to figure out how she could justify the character's actions. Like, it's bad enough that you walk out on your husband, but, you know, it's worse when you walk out on your husband and your child. You know, there's got to be some sort of justification. Like, you know, walking out on your husband, that's one thing, but walking out on your husband and your child. Like, how could she – she couldn't justify that, that, that character's decision, and she was, you know – Ruminating over it for you know a while when you know she's because uh, she at this point she agreed to do the film but she was trying to figure out how how to justify the character's action and she it finally dawned on her one day after you know thinking about it and ruminating on it that the character never loved Dustin Hoffman's character that's how she was oh. able to justify doing what what needed what doing what that character you know does in the film she was like how can you just how can you just walk away like that and you know. Uh, eventually she obviously she comes back for anybody who's familiar with the film but how do you initially you know muster up the whatever that whatever it is you need to you know step away from your your, your child and your uh, husband and yeah the fact that she she never never loved him and that's how she was able to you know uh, create that character and um, you know wow. a fascinating insight into that character and I remember um, years later, another actress uh, also copped to a similar uh, secret that she kept from everybody. Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue, in uh, *Leaving Las Vegas*, she played this um, uh, downtrodden Las Vegas um, prostitute who was yeah, Cage's Nicholas uh, Cage's um, character uh, in the film when he's uh, on a uh, campaign to actively drink himself to death. And mm-hmm. she said the reason that, that those, those, char- those characters connected the way they did is because he had the, he had the guts to do what she couldn't do. The, and by by saying that she was admitting that her character was suicidal, but she didn't have the nerve to go through it the way he was, so that's how they bonded. And I just thought, you know, it's fascinating how something like that, a, a secret that you don't share with anybody, you know, can inform the way a character is played or how a character comes together. And I just thought, you know, it's it, you know the acting process is just endlessly. You know, fascinating in that regard, all the different tricks and techniques that you can uh, bring to it, and um, I think I think Meryl's uh, technique and her her um, her uh, overall you know ability is just uh, it's is something to something to marvel at.
2: Well, I had never heard of the secret, uh, and that that really is something that now maybe other actors and actresses will will think about doing because mm-hmm. it's worked so well for Meryl Streep. I I was impressed by a quote that. Uh, I found over on uh, Internet Movie Database. Uh, This is uh, what Meryl Streep said about uh, acting, and uh, I'll I'll uh, just—it's a short one. I'll share it with you. "Quote: One of the most important keys to acting is curiosity. I am curious to the point of being nosy. (laughs) What that means is you want to devour lives." You're eager to put on their shoes and wear their clothes and have them become a part of you. All people contain mystery. And when you act, you want to plumb that mystery until everything is known to you, unquote. So I think that's uh, that's a good uh, – I hadn't thought about that, you know, the, how important curiosity is. Oh, yeah. But that's a little similar – uh, you and I have uh, been fans of Susan Sarandon for a long time, and thank True. you again for all your help with my with my Susan Sarandon book. Oh, well, but that's it, kind of her. I, I I remember her talking about you know being, you know wearing another person's uh, clothes and and uh, so there's there's something of that in in her uh, too, mm-hmm. and uh, I know we we. Uh, need to get to our favorite i'm just aching to get to our favorite yeah. <laughs> M- meryl streep movies and but i but i want to thank my friends uh on facebook and uh authors den for some of the things that they've um, commented on about meryl streep and i uh, i want to share them with you uh neil manning uh really likes uh Meryl Streep in The Deer Hunter and Sophie's Choice. He says uh, those two jump out to him almost immediately because I had asked the question what what is your favorite. And then Annette Jones said Postcards from the Edge exclamation point <laughs> and Susan Granger uh, uh, said, well, uh, you have to think, if you're going to talk about Meryl Streep, and this is very interesting, she says the future, you have to talk about the future, maybe she knows that Meryl Streep is from the future <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that could be it. and she said because her three daughters will have a, a, a great part in her future and she mentioned Mamie, because they're actresses too, and she oh, mentioned yeah. Mamie Gummer uh, Mamie Gummer's very strong uh, performance in uh, with her in uh, in Ricky and the Flash, and then my friend over on Authors Den, uh, Ronald Hull, said Meryl Streep is a phenomenon. There are few actresses who can absorb a character like she does, and that's that's what we think too, right, Mac?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, she does. She uh, yeah. she definitely embodies uh, any number of uh, different st- uh, um, character types In in, in interesting uh, ways. You know, it's almost. In certain instances, she can play a character you may have seen any number of uh, different uh, times, and it makes it, it makes it seem fresh, you know. <laughs> like you because, know, uh, yeah. um, you know, there's just certain there's certain people that they just they they just bring something to everything that they ever do, and and uh, she's yeah. one of those performers.
2: When she's in the zone, she's practically perfect, and uh, that does yes. that's a nice segue into asking you <laughs> what are. <laughs> your favorite, your five favorites, your top five favorite Meryl Street yeah. films or performances. So you're on, Max. Uh,
1: all right. Again, this was a very interesting question, I'm, and I'm so glad that you uh, gave me the opportunity to uh, um, think about it. Um, I had to go back to um, um, one of her earlier um, lead roles. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Sophie's Choice, you know, the movie that uh, everybody is still marveling at, you know, 30 30 uh 3 years later um you know, how, how can you go wrong with that i mean you know it's it's uh it's a beautifully made film and she's magnificent in it and you know the the the, the movie's title uh, you know has uh, taken on a life of its own and, and over the years you know, has become a part of our lexicon you know and in the yeah. film she plays a uh a holocaust survivor who had to make the wow you got to talk about a choice she had to make uh an impossible choice an absolutely impossible choice in order su- in order to survive and by doing so you know she she had to sacrifice something that I wouldn't wish on anybody and I don't want to give uh, the uh, big secret away for anybody who hasn't seen the movie so I would highly recommend that you see it she's magnificent in it she she, she deserved the Oscar that she won for it she, uh, that was the first film she won Best Actress for back in 1982 she was up against some stiff competition namely Jessica Lang and Francis who was magnificent mm. as Francis Farmer and I could have easily won that year as well. Um, you know, it's it's one of those seminal movies, seminal performances that when you see it you'll never forget it. And you'll remember when you first saw it and you'll be like, My gosh, you know, where does she what did where does she have to go? What does she have to do in order to get to the place where she had to get to in order to play that character? And um Kevin Klein made his film debut in that film, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, playing her um um schizophrenic um um uh, boyfriend and Peter Mc, uh, McNichol, he's also in the film playing a, uh, a southern gentleman who has feelings towards her, and it's kind of like this very um, unique triangle uh, forms uh, between them. And it's, it's it's yeah, um, really one of Alan J. Pahula's uh, best uh, efforts. So uh, obviously uh, Sophie's Choice would be uh, probably top of my list in, in terms of uh, my Powerful favorite performances movie. of hers. Yeah, magnificent film. And um, she followed that up, ironically enough, with another uh a great film called Silkwood. Also, this was based on a true story um, uh, about a uh, woman who was a uh, one of the first uh, female whistleblowers that I can think of, who back in the 1970s worked at a um, nuclear um, power plant, and that had a, a series of um, of um, exposures. A number of people were exposed to uh, toxic uh, material in there and she was among them. And um, a lot of it was being covered up. And she um uh, pretty much made it uh turn turned it into her mission in order to um uh expose what was going on and pay paid a pretty big price for it and like i said uh, she uh based on a true story she plays a real life woman that her name was Karen Silkwood. and um uh she lived a pretty a pretty controversial life to say the least but um the movie isn't so much about that as as it is about this woman who um, you know, kind of stepped up in a way that nobody else in her 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 um, immediate surroundings would, because they either didn't have the wherewithal or the or or the um, you know, the the um, I guess um, go go get them mentality to do so, and you know, I got to give her major props for that, and I thought she was great in that film. Mike Nichols directed. Uh, the late, great Mike Nichols directed that film. Um, it was written by the uh, late, great Nora Ephron. She co-stars in that movie opposite uh, Kurt Russell and Cher, who was uh, nominated uh, for an Oscar herself. She and um, Meryl were both nominated, and Meryl for uh, lead actress, uh, Cher for supporting actress. And it was really the first time that Cher was taken seriously as an actress. I remember um, they showed a trailer of the movie. She uh, related to the story a couple of years ago. They showed a trailer of the film, uh at, at at a movie that she happened to be at and uh the audience started to laugh and then she called up Mike Nichols, you know, uh, emotional saying you know, nobody's going to take me seriously. I made a huge mistake. And, my, and Mike mm. said, uh, just wait, just wait for the movie to come out. Wait for the movie to come what? out and all those people were laughing, you know, they they're going to stop laughing. And he, he was proven right. He was proven she wanted to go to the globe without to be an Oscar nominated for it and you know, has had a successful career in um film since you know, and, and and the limited amount of work that she did, you know, going on the win Oscar for Moonstruck. So, uh, Silkwood that would definitely be another choice of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Going on to the 90s, I gotta you know give a shout out to 90s. Um, in the work that she did during that decade, she did some great work during that decade. Probably, uh, my favorite performance from that decade though of hers would be in Postcards from the Edge, where she played a um a spoiled uh, Hollywood uh, actress who whose career was pretty much uh, built on. Um, a equal combination of talent and nepotism uh Shirley MacLaine plays her uh, her uh, a fading uh, a fading superstar mother who you know was kind of you know going on who's kind of on the way out and then she she is kind of sabotaging her her own uh, career when it's on the ascent uh when her mom's career is on the descent and it's about this power struggle between them you know, one one's on the way out. one, one, one should be going, um, uh, um, you know, into the atmosphere. But they're trying to sabotage themselves, and it's all a matter of um, you know, uh, uh, interesting family dynamic in how uh, well, each well, of them that, is like Well, and each I th- have
2: to have to interrupt you to say oh. loosely mm-hmm. loosely based on um, D- uh, Debbie Reynolds and uh, Carrie Fisher. Uh, yes, because Carrie wrote the wrote yes. the book, wrote the book. <laughs> Postcards from the Edge.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah right, And yeah, I yeah, heard Carrie.
2: that. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to work at all and I was wrong again. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Probably. Yeah, yeah, Carrie Fisher wrote the book that the movie uh based on. She also wrote the script. And again, you know, an interesting uh, performance from Meryl as a um is a, a late a, a actress at a, tur- at a crossroads who uh gets a uh, a second chance. Um, you know, and, and who's also, you know, dealing with, um, you know, mother issues. She has to, the court makes her stay with her mom when she's going to rehab and the whole bit. And it's a very interesting dynamic between her and, um, her and Shirley McLean who plays her mom. She's, both of them are great. Um, another, uh, favorite of mine would be, uh, Doubt. From uh 2008, oh, okay. w- w- where she played a, a nun, it was based on um uh, this explosive Broadway play by John Patrick Shanley, who also mm-hmm. wrote the uh, screenplay adaptation as well as directed the film. She co-stars as a nun who suspects a uh, parish priest of uh, inappropriate behavior with a young uh, parishioner, a young black male parishioner, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He uh, played the priest in in uh in that she's investigating. Um Amy Adams plays a young um uh nun at the Covenant uh, the convent rather that they uh, all uh uh reside at and uh Viola Davis in uh, Oscar nominated turn um plays the mother of the young boy that um, Streep's character believes Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is acting inappropriately, inappropriately with, and all four uh, actors in that film were nominated for Oscars: um, Meryl for lead, Amy and Viola for supporting, and Philip Seymour Hoffman for supporting as well. And um, again, magnificent um, uh, performances in and in a, in a very uh, interesting film. And um, you know, I, I get, you know, last so but certainly not least. Um, I guess you, you really can't go wrong with um, her uh, wonderfully comedic uh, winning turn in the Devil Wears Prada, where she played uh, the boss, the boss from hell. <laughs> you know, really, in Miranda Priestly, who is very loosely—well, uh, I, I, I shouldn't say loosely—who's uh, quite, quite uh, obviously based on a, a Vogue editor Anna Wintour. And again, um, the movie is based on a wildly successful book. She co-stars in that opposite uh, um, Anne Hathaway, Stanley Tucci, and uh, Emily Blunt. A bunch of uh, scene stealers uh, in that in that uh, that uh, that group, and uh, she's she's magnificent, and you know she plays that character in such a way that you know it's it's one of those few movies that you watch where you're just screaming for a sequel that you hope will equal it in some way, some some way and manner. You're like, please bring that character back. You know she was so great as as that character and you know um it was yes. a, it was a, it was a ball to watch or, her uh, or, you know sh- or uh, sh- you, you, her on or seat.
2: if you're a musical fan you want that made into a musical i think the devil wears prada would be so fantastic as a, as a yeah, musical. Yeah, it probably
1: would. It probably would. I I c I can't but they're turning everything into musicals nowadays, so that's probably inevitable that <laughs> they'll have a yeah, of product musical they're working well, I guess on probably a teeter playing on it now. Miranda. We'll see. <laughs> or a yeah. petty O'Tone or somebody yeah. somebody you know fears yeah, they better uh you get know cutting you know cutting up on Broadway.
2: up Streep because she can sing, but well that that's a great list, you know, um in uh, doubt. -hmm. She frightened me as that very authoritarian uh, nun who was the principal of that school. I mean, she was so strict and sure. I mean, there was no doubt wherever she was concerned. That was uh, she just uh, you know. I forgot about Meryl Streep, but she was just that that character. And it's interesting. The only list, the only uh, movie that's on my top five favorite list that that is Mm -hmm. on yours is The Devil where's Prada Oh and okay I, I really like what you said about it I, This is this is uh, Meryl Streep at her best I mean how stunning did she look with that platinum coiffure and she just took charge of the screen like a, she was a supermodel coming down the runway <laughs> <laughs> and She was so haughty so arrogant and how she how she was with it she really was the boss from hell. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. <laughs> and you know they say the devil is in the details. Well, she had them down pat. I, I mean, just little dismiss, a little dismissive flick of her finger, or a, sort of a, the way she pursed her lips, and she just was perfect in that role. But she was also extremely amusing.
1: Yes, you know. Yeah, I remember? Just, uh, just, just like the way she just said, "That's all, that's all, that's all," and it was just yeah. like <laughs> didn't Say nothing else, just go away. That's all. It was magnificent. Yeah, it was. It was like, wow, who else could be that? That uh, you know, that uh, take charge. Just that's all. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it she was, was, uh, was, yeah. She she was great in that film.
2: One of the best uh, film performances ever, I think. Uh, this uh, Meryl Streep as uh, what was it, Miranda Priestley, Yes, Miranda mm-hmm. Priestley. Well, then I, you know, I'm going for the later, for the for the or the more the lighter fare, yeah. because I usually I usually do. I I prefer you know the more humorous uh, movies. So uh, I have also on my list. This is a movie from 2009, and I didn't think it was going to work out because it starred uh, Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin, and uh, Meryl Streep in kind of a triangle. It was called It's Complicated, oh, and was yeah. I ever surprised. I mean, these three, they they just mined every possible comic nuance in this very unusual triangle. And uh, Alec Baldwin is not my favorite actor, but he he becomes a force of nature, as the ex-husband who's trying to win back his ex-wife, and that's that's Meryl Streep. And we can't help feeling sorry for him. And then uh, Steve Martin, who's usually a wild and crazy guy, he does such a wonderful job. He, he underplays this sensitive, lonely architect who falls for Meryl uh, Streep's character. And uh, Meryl Streep uh, just is so perfect in this role, too. She just kind of Treats everything with a sort of good-natured but bewildered attitude uh, about everything that's happening with her, and and she watching her react to this uh, continuous barrage of advances from her ex-husband. I mean, it's just, it's just such a fun romantic comedy. So that's that's on my list, and uh, I should uh, I should have not have <laughs> said they're all lighter fare. Because uh, the one that that isn't is the Manchurian Candidate from 2004. Now that uh, was uh, a movie originally made in 1962, and my husband says that I'm uh, sacrilegious by saying that the <laughs> that the, <laughs> the remake was, you know, very very good. I I of yeah. course loved the the 1962 what, one. but but what they did in this. Um, remake that was so great is they expanded the role of the manipulative mother which you remember angela lansbury played that role in 1962 and she was absolutely magnificent in that i didn't think anybody anybody at all could could do that role justice but here comes Meryl Streep, and she runs with this part as only she can, making every gesture and vocal inflection count. Hovering over her son, she's grooming for a top political office, and uh, she essentially, you know, came through that movie. You know, just she just even rated higher in my in my book because I thought that she did such a great job as that character. And then of course I have to have a musical on my list and uh, you know what that musical is, don't uh, oh, you, yeah. Mac?
1: Yeah, Mamma Mia. It's,
2: yes. And it's <laughs> a good thing AJ Hockery the mad movie man isn't with us because he would be complaining. He would go he would be going, "Oh no." <laughs> Yes, yes,
1: yep. (laughs)
2: But to movie musical fans like me, this film adaptation of that Broadway show, it just seemed like manna from heaven. I love those ABBA songs, the exuberant dance numbers, the gorgeous scenery. And I just thought the whole film was a joyous celebration of love and, and friendship. And Meryl Streep, she belted out those showstoppers. It's like she was born to be a musical star, in which I, you know, so I hope to see her in more, in more uh, musicals.
1: Oh, so actually, uh, yeah, you're a, in luck. She does have um, um, another one coming out shortly.
2: Uh, she does have. Is that the yeah, one Yeah, there's plays a movie where she plays
1: a uh, New York socialite who wants to be an opera singer, and who's lousy at it. But yeah, she like yeah. So it's a it's a musical slash comedy. Yeah, it's coming out next year.
2: Oh, I have to see that. Of course, she also has uh, Suffragette coming out this yes. this year, but that isn't definitely isn't a musical. And then and then here we come to the one that I'm just so uh, so <laughs> happy about, Ricky and the Flash. Again, I did not think that this would be anything that Meryl Streep could do. Wouldn't you think I'd learn my lesson, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely. Loved it. I was so, I just, well, I I wrote her a letter. So let me read just, this this is from my review. I just put it all as a letter to her. Dear Meryl Streep, please take me seriously when I plead with you to go on tour with your Ricky and the Flash band. The way you guys work together and perform so enthusiastically is truly magical. Thanks for choosing those great rock and roll numbers that you and Rick Springfield share with viewers in this wonderful film. You know, Ricky and the Flash movie impressed me so much that I had to write you the following poem about it. Here it is. Yes, Ricky loves her rock and roll. It's clear to me it's in her soul. Does she care much for funds and fame? Not really, folks. She's not to blame. Her heart shines through in all her songs. Singing them is where she belongs, and yet she goes back home to try and help her daughter not to cry. Long estranged from her ex and kids, Ricky's efforts go on as kids. Will she succeed and make amends? Is that the way the story ends? Not to worry, this film is rare, and Meryl Streep beyond compare. Respectfully, Betty Jo Tucker. Do you think I'll get an answer to that, Mac?
1: Well, well, hey, we only hope. We can only hope that she will respond, yes, in some way, shape, or form. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
2: <laughs> we can only hope. But, anyway, have you seen it yet?
1: No, no, I haven't got a chance to see that yet. That's one of the uh, couple of films that, some of that I haven't gotten around to uh, getting, uh, getting to yet, but I do plan on seeing it. Uh, you know, anything with Jonathan Demme at the helm, you know, I'm there. So it's just a matter of time before I check it out.
2: Hmm yes he uh he definitely works well with her. I believe he did direct um uh, did he did he direct Manchurian candidates yeah r- yes, remake? Remake, yes i think mm-hmm. he did yeah, so mm-hmm. they yeah they work together very well. well, I see it's time for um two brief messages from some loyal listeners hi, comedian nancy Lombardo here,
0: host of comedy concepts blog talk radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny!
3: (laughs) You're
1: listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Addict Headquarters. And now, back to our feature...
2: Thanks, Nancy and Steve, for those fun promos. I really appreciate them. And uh, speaking of Confessions of a Movie Addict, I want to remind listeners about our book giveaway drawing that's going on for a copy of my funny Life at the Movies memoir, Confessions of a Movie Addict. The deadline is August 28th. That's Friday this week. But it's very easy to enter. Just send me an email at net. And that's Real Talk is R E E L Real Talk at Comcast dot net and put book drawing in the subject line. Then I'll put your name uh into the drawing and as I mentioned before the deadline is August twenty eighth. Okay, Mac, we've accentuated the positive, so now let's uh turn to the negative. <laughs> Has Streep ever ever disappointed you with a performance?
1: Hmm. Well, not so much with the performance, but for, uh, films that she's been in. You know, there've been a couple of films where I thought, yeah, they didn't really live up to what they could have. Um, the most recent being The Giver, which just came out last year, where she uh, huh. uh, started opposite uh, Jeff Bridges. It was she did she really she did the best she could with what she was given, but she really didn't have you know much to work with in terms of the part that she played in the film and uh the lead guy in the movie i thought he left something to be desired you know for somebody who goes through such uh an extraordinarily uh emotional journey um he he really didn't register that that he was going through uh anything other than a physical journey you know when when you oh. when you're going through what he goes through physically and um emotionally you know the physical registered the emotional part didn't so he, he had to give her that 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 left it was something to be desired even though i thought uh, alexander um alexander Skars- uh, Skarsgard, rather and uh katie Holmes were quite good as um the uh, assimilated uh parents uh in the film I, I i just thought that they really um you know got a nice got a nice uh, handle on those characters um and uh if I had to choose any other like roles uh well like, the river wild you know that was just basically like kind of a stock Action uh, part, you know, uh, she brought a lot to it, but uh, you know, ultimately was you know kind of waterlogged, for lack of a better phrase. And um, uh, you know, even though it take even even though it takes uh, a little bit of heat, um, I-, I would have to say uh, she devil, she devil this movie she did oh. back in the um, 90- late nineties, late eighties rather, with um, Roseanne Barr. You know, it isn't a great movie yeah. by any stretch. She plays this kind of over the top uh, romance novelist, um, and and ironically enough, um, Roseanne Barr steals the movie from her, which is you know nobody would have called that one. Nobody <laughs> would have called that whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, uh, she yeah she actually had the movie stolen from her by uh, by Roseanne Barr, who you know um, you yeah, know obviously hasn't uh, banked on on what she brought to that movie since, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, those, those will be my three.
2: Yeah, I I have to admit that, uh, well, maybe I should preface with this. I think because Meryl Streep throws herself so deeply into the characters she plays that sometimes, and you mentioned, over the top, I think Mm -hmm. she does sometimes go too far over the top. And the two examples that I... uh, think are the worst of that and and um, i get a lot of argument on into the woods she played the witch yeah. into the woods and uh of course it's a fairy tale and you know maybe it needed to be that over the top but i it didn't it didn't work for me mm-hmm. and the other one is uh this uh, film is a August Osage County or Osage-August County? What's Oh, yeah, yeah, August
1: Osage County, yeah.
2: And uh, that role that she played, this uh, matriarch addicted to painkills, and uh, just not a nice word for for anybody. (laughs) I I had the worst time with that film. I, I just, you know, I didn't leave. Mm-hmm. Out of respect for Meryl Streep, you know, I wanted to see it through the end, but yeah. it was just uh, it was just very very difficult to sit through that uh, m- movie and that performance. But what what did you think about those two performances?
1: Hey, well, with um, um, the first film, um, uh, Into the Wild, Into the uh, Woods, rather, Woods. um I thought. You know, it was she. How can I put it? She basically brought what you really could bring to that character in the vein in which it was filmed. Like you know, you mm-hmm. had to be over the top. You know, uh, did she go a little over the top? Yeah, but you know, that's pretty much what you had to do in order to register in the movie, just because of the you know the uh, genre and uh, and you know and, and the people who were involved in it. So that was that was expected, I guess. But um, in terms of her work and um, oh, what was the other film? Sorry.
2: The other one is, uh, Old oh, oh, County. Sage County. O-
1: In that movie, ironically enough, when I watched that movie for the first time, um, I did it at at the request of a friend of mine who said, "Mac, you got to watch this movie." And I said, "You know, I watched the trailer, and it's it's just not. It, it seems too too theater bound. You know, it seems like they basically just filmed the play. Like they went to the mm-hmm. set and, and filmed the play on the Broadway say That's what it was like to me, and that's how the movie played. It just it was it was too internal." They needed to open it up more than they did. I just thought it was too contained. It was too, you know, boiler, uh, boiler uh, uh, plate. You know, they 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 needed to, you know, uh, put some more vistas or something in it, and um, you know, expand upon it somehow. And I watched that movie, and I asked him afterwards, "Why did you want me to watch that movie?" And he said, "She played my mother." And oh. I said, "Whoa!" I, like he said, "That was my mother." I, I couldn't oh. believe. Oh. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. And I knew I knew his mother. You know, I, I knew her uh, peripherally. Didn't know her personally, but knew her peripherally. I'm like, are you for real like that? That was your mom. He's like, that was my mom. That's why I wanted you to see that movie. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I I couldn't believe that he had to deal with that. I I honestly couldn't. And so, yeah, she's very toxic, to say the least. And she uses, uh, you know, the fact that she's sick and the fact that she, you know, is addicted to pills as an excuse to be very toxic to people. And I can understand anybody's discomfort watching it because, Mm -hmm. like I said, they really didn't. uh, It's really a film to play. It isn't a movie, it's a film to play. And in in that vein, it it works to a degree. But if they had Mm -hmm. opened it up more and gave that character some sort of. Redeeming qualities.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it would have worked. Better. Redeeming qualities.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would have worked. I'm not saying that every character has to have redeeming. Like there's some people who are just evil, and that character is just pure evil, like you know, top to bottom, just evil. But it would have been nice, you know, if they could have gave her like at least one redeeming quality somewhere along the lines, and not just have it, you know be so toxic. So yeah, I yeah, definitely I understand where you're coming from on those two.
2: Well, I think she got Oscar nominations for for both of those yes, performances. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. So you know what here I go again with the bad, bad predictions. but I don't <laughs> think, but she didn't win, but she didn't no.
1: win. <laughs> no, no she didn't win father, but yeah, she was nominated, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right, you're right, um, and, you know, I can't disagree with you on either either off uh, count
2: well, um, let's go back to the affirmative <laughs> all right, yeah, let's do i'm I'm wondering, um, she's appeared with so many uh a list stars in the in the films. And I'm wondering who you think uh, she's had the best chemistry with. Who's who's the the best co star that oh, uh, she's worked with
1: of all the people she's worked Stanley Tucci that he instantly comes to mind. They've worked together twice oh. now on Prada and uh Julie and Julia. They played colleagues in um Divorce Prada and uh husband and wife and Julie and Julia And I just thought that both of them were just magic together. I really did, and I would love to see them collaborate um, uh, again. And I'd also choose um, Jack Nicholson. They've worked with each other twice, too, in the past, uh, on Ironweed back in 87 and in um, a movie called Heartburn, which was actually uh, uh, based on uh, Nora Ephron's marriage uh, to uh, Carl Bernstein. And I thought, again, magic, absolute magic, and I, I would love to see them collaborate again on screen too. Um those those oh and then she and Chris Cooper in adaptation. Another great uh mm-hmm. combination. Yeah. So yeah. Um yeah, and those the are good. ladies that she's worked opposite, I the one that instantly uh Cher, her and Cher and Silkwood I thought were were fantastic. And I thought that she and uh, Shirley McLean really um uh really really uh synced up quite well with uh, postcards from the edge.
2: Yes and and uh, you're going to think I'm I'm very frivolous, but I I I loved seeing her with Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin for the reasons that I mentioned. You know when I was talking about uh, about it's uh, complicated, um, mm-hmm. but well, oh my gosh, our time is really going by. But I did want to to see if you had um, a suggestion. For somebody that you'd like to see her co-star with that she hasn't worked with in a in an upcoming movie, oh, yeah, I, I will make it for... very
1: quick. I will make it very quick. Uh, I got three people: Susan Sarandon for obvious reasons, Alfre Woodard, and Jessica Chastain. And I would love to see her reunite with Viola Davis and Angela Bassett on projects. Those are my
2: five picks. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I would like her to make a movie with Sam Elliott because I I, I saw him with Bear, with uh, Blythe Danner. And I'll see you in my dreams. And the chemistry between those two was just so wonderful. And I couldn't help thinking, oh, how would Sam Elliott and Meryl Streep be in a, a movie together? And I hope maybe oh, we'll, good. we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I hope maybe that we will that we will be able to see that. And I yes. think our last question uh, that we can do real quick because. The thing we wanted to do was pick three words to describe Meryl Streep. If you had to pick three only three words, you could use only three words what would what three words would you use
1: accomplished insightful, real
2: great accomplished insightful, real, and mine would be phenomenal, perfectionist, timeless. Yeah and I think we're going to make our we're we're definitely going to make our our time uh deadline here at Mac. It's, great. So, it's been so great to have you, have you here and but there is a uh but it it is a time to wrap things up So I want to give a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and, of course, to Mac Bates for being such a terrific guest again today. Thanks also to our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr. I hope she's back with us soon, as well as to Richard B. Smart, Danny Dyer, Afterbirth Monkey, and Nancy Lombardo for helping with our musical selections. And thanks to Meryl Streep. For all the pleasure that she's brought yeah. to us in movies, uh, may she continue on before ending the episode. I want to recommend Uh-oh. some other fun shows for you folks. Please check out comedy concepts hosted by the hilarious Nancy Lombardo right here on blog talk radio every monday Wednesday, I mean every Friday and Monday morning at ten thirty Eastern time, and then go over to dreamstream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time for the Mom and Pop Shop show hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger. Plus, don't forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio. There's something for everybody in the Wacko Wheelhouse. I hope everyone enjoyed today's show. Please come back next time when we'll have our fall preview show. Mac will be back. Uh, we'll also have Nell Minow and A.J. Hockery, and they'll be uh, helping us uh, see what's coming up this this fall, and they'll, they'll help us choose what movies that we're, we're, um, we're wanting to see. And uh, in the meantime, don't forget to check out our movie reviews at RealtalkReviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, RealtalkReviews.com. That's all for now, folks. Here's Meryl Streep herself to take us out with one of the first songs I heard her sing in a movie. The film, Mac, you'll be happy to know. It's from Postcards from the Edge. And the song, You Don't Know Me. And I think she might need just a little persuasion. So, okay, Meryl, you're on now. Okay. okay. You give
0: your hand to me, that Ray Charles tune, and then you say hello. Yeah, no. yeah. keep going. And I can hardly speak. Can hardly sing. My heart is beating <laughs> And anyone can tell. You think you know me well. Well, you don't.